I'm not pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work at Home Edition. So I love using my time at home to have guests because it's hard to interview people in the car. Uh, and so today I have two guests, Graham Stark and Kathleen DeVere. You guys might know from Loading Ready Run, but I know them as fellow uh, flavor text writers for Unfinity. So hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Okay, so we're going to start from the very beginning. So um, Ari Zarilnik was the lead for the, the team. The crea- he was the creative lead that did Names and Flavor Text. And he came to me and he had an idea. He said, what if we got comedy writers to write flavor text and names for the comedy set? Uh, I said, that sounded like a great idea. He goes, do you have any suggestions? And I said, yes. I would go talk to the Loading Ready Run folk and see if any of them were interested. Um, so I, I was the one that recommended you guys. Um, and so I'm glad that uh, at least three of you were able to participate. Yeah. Um, so talk about from your end. How, how, did, how did you, how did you, how, what's your story of, of this happening? Well, uh, I mean, I think I was on actually a previous not driving to work from home uh, edition with you. And then after the after the recording was done and the cameras were turned off, you were like, hey, I have a different thing I'd like to talk to you about. You know, it's, it's, it's called the Avengers Initiative. No, it, it, you were, uh, you know, you brought up the idea that there was a new unset coming and, uh, you know, would I be interested in working on flavor text? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I was asking uh, you sort of like, do you mean like me, me personally, or like all of Loading Ready Run? Do you want us to like group write stuff or how do you want to do this? And it was like, no, no, like you, but if there's other people, you know, let me know. And I was like, yes, Kathleen and Cameron. <laughs> I'm just... Still overwhelmed that I was described as a comedian and a, like a uh, like a professional one that someone thought of. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the uh, so the so the let's, I want to walk a little bit through for the for the people who haven't been on a creative team before. Um, from your end, so what what did it entail from your end? What what did you guys have to do exactly? Well. Uh, I mean, like, it sounds very simple, but, you know, just look at a card and be like, yes, this is what we should call this card. And this is how we should, uh, we should put this, um, this is the flavor text we should put on this card, which sounds really simple. But, you know, when you are looking at a complete blank slate and you just have art and an art description and stuff, you know, it's a lot of like, all right, well, what is this card trying to convey? How can we build up the world? Is there an opportunity here to, like sneak some lore in here to make this seem like a larger part of something whole. Like, how do we, like, make this more than a terrible one-off pun, but also make it a terrible, terrible pun? <laughs> Particularly for this set. Yes. Why are you knocking terrible one-off puns? That, that no, I right. love them. <laughs> okay, so yeah. just for the audience, I'll give a little sort of context. So yeah. we use a program we call Lore Seeker, which is everybody who's on the team signs in, and then there are like waves of stuff. So like you don't you don't do everything all at once. Is like I, I think there were seven or eight weeks of, of waves, I believe. Um, and then and longer. what was it longer than that? I don't know. I just say it felt longer. Oh, it felt longer. I think there were eight waves. I think there were. Um, and then we went back and revisited a few of them. Like there was there were some waves where we caught up in stuff and we didn't find something we liked on previous waves. Um, but the way the wave worked, I think the wave was thirty cards, roughly thirty cards. 
And then in Laura Seeker, you see the art as turned in most of the time. Every once in a rare time, it was a sketch, but usually it was full. Usually it was full art. We didn't give them to you. Hopefully, till we had the art in. Uh, and then you would see um, the playtest name, and you would see the the text, all the existing rules text for the card. Uh, and then Ari would say whether or not we needed a name, because sometimes we had a name we already liked. Uh, and uh, was it a flavor text or not? And the flavor text depended on how long the text was. And if so, he would give you a sense of like one line, two line, three line, a sense of like how long you had. Um, and that's something people don't realize about flavor text is a lot of it is fitting what you want to say in the space provided to you. Yeah. And then, and we also got to see uh, if there were occasional uh, sort of like critical notes. I, I feel like there was more in this set than a common set of like specific things to hit, like uh, treacherous trapezist had to be alliterative. Um, uh, how is this a par three had to be six words. Uh, and then we also got to see, which I, I found very useful the art director's description, like art brief to the artist uh, so that we could see even more of what was intended from a creative level. Uh, and then, because sometimes it came up that maybe we didn't, like that there was, uh, I'm trying to figure out how, how best to describe this. At certain points, different people on different teams had an idea for what this card was supposed to be. Uh, but the the whole didn't necessarily make that land. And so then we could use the name and the flavor text to sort of crystallize everything and get across why this art and this rules text relates. Yeah, here's, uh, let me go, go, go a real good example. Uh, you guys probably won't know, weren't aware of this, but uh, it's a great example. The card Black Hole was not commissioned to be a black hole. It was just so supposed to show the ride malfunctioning. Oh. But in the way they did it and the way the art came back, it really looked like the ride was being sucked into a black hole. And so instead of fighting it, we're like, I guess it's a black hole. Like, that wasn't at all what we intended, but it's what it seemed to be. So the card became black hole because that's what it looked like. Um, even though that wasn't, if you look at the art description, in no way was black hole mentioned in the art description. It wasn't the actual intent. But the intent doesn't matter once the art is back. Look and see what you see in the art. And so there's a lot of, th I mean, most of the time what we intend and what the art is, is is spot on. It's not often that, like, it's not quite what you intend. Um, mm -hmm. But weird, quirky things can happen. Uh, and so it's neat for you guys to see what we intended and then to see what actually happened. Um, you're correct, by the way. Unsets, because we care about names matter in a way mechanically that they just don't matter in any other set ever pretty much. So yeah. how many words it had to be or what letters it had to start with or there were just weird, quirky things that we cared about. And so um, the, and the other thing that happens sometimes is um, Ari or sometimes me would um, like, for example, there's a card called Mistakes Have Happened. I think is the name of the card where mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Here, I, 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 I'll, I'll read you guys the card. So Mistakes Were Made is a green card. One in a green instant. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Create a 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature token for each fire extinguisher you can see from your seat. And the art shows a bulldozer, like, bulldozing something. And you see this little alien squirrel running out of the rubbish. Um, and the problem was um, we had wanted to have the cycle of cards that cared about things in the environment. Um, but that happened after the art was committed to. 
And so we're like, well, how do we, what can we care about that somehow makes sense? And so the idea we came up with was, well, we could say it's a fire extinguisher if we convey that a fire happened. If what you're seeing is the result of a fire, that makes the fire extinguisher make more sense. So like the note to you guys is, okay, the names and flavor text somehow have to convey there was a fire here. That that's important to this card. That there, we were that often happens in names and flavor text. That if the things don't congeal, it's up to the the names and flavor text people to make it all go together in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens a, a, a lot in names and flavor text. And there's a card from there's a card from a previous unset like unhinged or something that mm-hmm. the flavor text for it literally is like, how does this make sense? I don't know. We'll fix it in the flavor text. Yeah, Granny's <laughs> Granny's payback. Right. Yeah. Because uh, the card is you gain life equal to your age, and it shows this old lady with a sword, like, hacking people up. And we're like, well, why? Okay, it's an old lady hacking things up, but why are you gaining life? You know, and, and um, we made fun of that because they didn't match. So we just made, I mean, as is often the case in unsets, sometimes you just lean into the joke. Like, they don't match. Well, let's make fun of the fact they don't match. Most magic sets don't have that luxury, but uh, unsets do. Did you? I don't know if you read out the, the the flavor text for mistakes were made, which was from Kathleen. Ended up being, in hindsight, Chandra's incendiary experience could never have been built. Uh, should never have been built next to Auntie Grub's house of pitch. So you know, it implies a fire happened. <laughs> it implies a fire happened accidentally, and importantly, you get to name two attractions at the park. And also, I just I wanted to get a Lorwyn reference in there. <laughs> Yeah, one of the things about the park we decided really early on, which everybody leaned into, was that the IP of the park is magic, which just let us make endless magic jokes. Which was super fun. Yes, it was fun. I wish there'd been more walk-around characters. Because all we got was the meet-and-greet sisse. I wish there'd been more. Uh, yeah, there, there's a mascot. The uh, uh, exchange of words shows two mascots. And oh, that's, that's, a, that's yes, a Johnny yes. and... Um, Angraph. And Angraph, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a little bit. I agree. It, it, it could have been a little more. Um, J- Jace is the fortune-telling machine. I mean, uh, uh, the 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 cotton candy is, um, what's his name? The nightmare guy. Uh, oh, Ashiok. Ashiok. Yeah. So, I mean, there yeah. there are little nods here and there on stuff. But, yeah, it, 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 there, there's not as much uh, walking around characters as there could have been. Um, okay, so let's... I want to delve in deep here and, and talk about the challenge of particular cards. Yeah. So pick a card that you, you have a fun story about, and we'll share the card with people, and they'll walk through the challenge of making that particular name and or flavor text. So Ooh, okay. pick, pick a card. Any card. Uh, any card. <laughs> what do you want? I, mean, what? There's, I know that there's a couple that we did a lot of revisions on, uh, one of which ended up not even being able to be included because of... Um, uh, just space. Okay. Well, what what was the card? I I'm trying to remember. While you think about that. Oh okay. yes, this is a good one. Yes. Yeah, there the card that ended up as Germaine Pride of the Circus. Do you remember this one, Mark? I do remember this one. So let me read to the audience. So Germaine Pride of the Circus is green green for a two three legendary creature cat performer. Green and tap. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature with four or more legs. One green green tap until end of turn. All creatures able to block target creature with four more legs do so. Don't worry about me, folks. This beauty was well fed by my predecessor. Well fed by my predecessor. Okay, go ahead. So, what? When you first saw this card, what? What was your like? What? What did you have to do? What? What was the challenge? 
Well, I mean, we went through like a definite, like a few sort of like, you know, how do we make his name a cat pun, but like not a, like, it's just, can I read out some rejected names? Sure. Read out, read out well, some rejected names. Well, not rejected. Unchosen. I mean, unchosen names. Yeah. Like we got uh, Leopold the Brave because like that's kind of, because it has Leo in the name, right? Yeah. Like Le- Le- Leo Roy, Be- Beast Tamer. Um, well, I was going, I suggested Le- Leroy to make like a vague, like Siegfried and Roy kind of <laughs> reference. Oh. Right. I also just suggested Leon, comma, Tamer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the other thing real quickly for the audience. Um, the the whole premise of this card from like a comedy standpoint was it's the lion tamer of the this circus, but instead of the lion being the creature being tamed, it's the person doing the taming. So that yeah. part of the inherent joke was it's, it's a lion tamer who is a lion because it's a lion in. Um, okay, so uh, any other names? Uh, f- let's see. Uh, this is one that you suggested, Mark. Okay. The main attraction. Oh, the main attraction, yes. Yeah, it's pretty good, honestly. Because <laughs> oh, you had suggested Leon, comma, main attraction. Oh, and right, yeah, M-A-N-E, right? Yeah, M-A-N-E. But yeah, this went through a lot of different flavor text revisions. This was one of the ones that everyone suggested one, and then Ari was like, none of these are quite landing. And uh, we went, like, we went, like, a bunch of different sort of ways with it about, like, um, the the idea that the this creature had eaten... Jermaine's predecessor came up for uh, naming this creature. Uh, Kathleen, you called it the uh, the Thraxian Mega Spider at one point. Yep. And then just, well, because, you know, sometimes when you're writing flavor text, it's like, is this going to be a placeholder name for a different creature that's going to get named later? Is this going to, you know, are, or are you referencing something from the set or, you know what I mean? So you can, I, I, have, I have found, and then maybe this is Mark's, time to tell me to stop doing this, that you can, like, you know, if you're doing flavor text and stuff like that, you can just put attributions in there, and maybe they stick, and maybe they change if they find somebody better, but you can be, you can have a little bit of fun with it. So I was like, I think the term Thraxian Mega Spider is funny, and it sounds kind of alien and spacey, uh, and if it stays like that, it stays, or if it gets named something else, because there's another spider in the set that I don't know about that's coming later, fine, right? Well, I think you will notice, uh, I think you called it that, and then I wrote other flavor texts that use that, because I liked the name Thraxian Mega Spider. Yeah, <laughs> no, several people did. Kathleen suggested, like, yeah. uh, Thraxian Mega Spiders are actually gentle herbivores, but the audience doesn't need to know that. And then further down, Mark suggested, Cat got your mega spider. Austin said, this is no ordinary Thraxian mega spider. Renette is a trained gymnast. So, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, a lot of different revision and sort of like uh, asynchronous group writing, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, you know, what if we make the spider like not scary? What if this is all like a big act and the spider's not in danger? What if the spider is very scary and everybody is in like serious danger? Like, you know, trying all these different like ways to approach seeing what's going on mm-hmm. in the card. And that concept actually ended up getting into the flavor text for the um, Illu... Um, what's it called? Oh, the Merfolk. The Merfolk. Yeah, oh, the, with the big beast. Yeah. It's called Bioluminary. Bioluminary. God, right, that, so the, the joke that um, they were safe because the creature didn't want to eat them, yeah, it became... So Bioluminary, two and blue, one, three, creature Merfolk performer. When Bioluminary deals combat damage to a player, you get two tickets... Then you may put a sticker on non-limb permit you own. The, Gargantic, the Garganticari after serpent hated the taste of merfolk, but the audience didn't need to know that. 
So that that concept did get used, but it got used on a different card. And that's something else people need to understand is sometimes ideas come up and it's a great idea, but another card could use the idea. And so um, it's very possible this card influenced that flavor text. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other thing about that one is um, Gargantikari is making a reference to a plane uh, that I think Ethan Fleischer named where it was the reverse of... Um, uh, the plane where everything's super small, um, so Segovia. So we have Segovia, which is, you know, everything's tiny. Is a running joke in Magic. So he made the reverse where everything's giant, and he named it. So we're referencing that world. Anyways, there's a lot of uh, deep cuts in flavor text when you can you can make references to things. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I like that that one went a couple different uh, directions, too. The flavor text was like, it ended up with, she's not actually in danger because this giant serpent really doesn't actually like her like like how she tastes but there were there was also an angle where it's like these are just performers and off stage they're good friends you know <laughs> which yeah, i also enjoyed there, there was a subtext that was important to us and you guys we i know we've talked about this is that we didn't want any of the creatures at the circus having any sense that they're poorly treated or you know like the mm-hmm. very clear that like they get along and you know i like even the germane flavor text in my mind was he was just joking with the audience like he was never in danger. It was never in danger. It's just he wants it to seem scary. You know what I'm saying? So oh, he's yeah. making no, that jokes. Sounds like performer patter for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, in my sense, they get along fine. The, the thing is not a danger to him at all. You know, and it just looks scary because it's big and giant. But the reality is, you know, it, it'll go where his food is. Whatever. <laughs> okay, let's pick another card to talk about. Oh yeah. Um, hmm, let me think. Yeah. Uh, oh. We went back and forth a lot on the name of the, oh shoot, the dinosaur. Oh yes, the Resolute Vegisaur. Vegisaur. That's a fine story. Let me read the card real quick. So uh, Resolute Vegisaur, two and a green, three, three, creature, dinosaur, employee, trample. Whenever you roll your third die each turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on Resolute Vegisaur. This dinosaur doesn't know what will kill him, but he's determined it won't be heart disease. (laughs) Um, so, so what happened here is, uh, we just, early on, we loved the idea of just this dinosaur employee. I, I think there had been, and we did world building, somebody had done some sort of sketch of this dinosaur, and it wasn't quite this, but we liked it, and so we said, oh, we want to see the, 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 the uh, dinosaur employee, that seems funny to us. Uh, but naming this thing was, oh my goodness, so let's walk through, so we, we went, like, sometimes we have a week, and then we don't find it, we have to come back on a second week. And this one didn't get named until even after that. This went through many, many name changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was like uh, Vegisaurus Rex. Uh, you suggested V-Rex. Uh, I like Kathleen. You suggested Parsnip Predator. Uh, it could have needed an alliterate name. Uh, <laughs> an alliterative name. Yeah. Uh, Nervous Rex. Uh, oh, Smoothie Baristasaurus. <laughs> That was from Sean. Her- Herbivorous concessionaire from Cameron. Yeah, there was just so many different ones and like nothing was quite landing. And then uh, I think actually what we ended up running, we ended up landing on like where we left it was a suggestion from Ari of just Salad Bartender. Yeah, right. that was its name when we stopped was Salad Bartender. Yeah. Um, and then I think what happened was while we were in editing, um... Ari realized that we had called a previous dinosaur uh, uh, Resolute Regisaur. Ah. And so he's, oh, we can make a riff on Regisaur and make it Vegisaur. That, that, yeah. That's how we 
which is uh, great. Yes. So, <laughs> but it took so us a long time to get like there. That far off the, you know, took us. I say us wasn't even us at that point, but no. it took took the you know the team sort of that long to 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 land on what ended up being I, the best name of all of them, really. Absolutely. Also, if you'll permit me, can I read a truly dreadful flavor text suggestion from myself? Okay, go ahead. Potatoes fear him. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so dumb. (laughs) I want that on like a hat with like, you know, like the the, the fish fear me hat. Yeah, yeah. It's just potatoes fear me. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's too, you know what? You're allowed, you know, I think I did, I think I put in more than two suggestions for that one because I think I might have known that one was bad. But sometimes you're allowed to put in a dumb joke, right? Yeah, the thing that it worked, by the way, is we asked each writer, I think it was like three three names and three pieces of flavor. Like, we have to do a certain number of them. And then there was a process by which people could vote. You could vote thumbs up or thumbs down, although people tended to vote thumbs up and just didn't vote if they didn't like stuff. Um, and you also could reply to people. So sometimes... So, for example, I, I want to talk about a card called Killer Cosplay. Oh, yeah. So, Killer Cosplay, green artifact equipment. When Killer Cosplay becomes attached to a creature, choose a creature card name with an identical mana cost. That creature becomes a copy of the card with a chosen name until Killer Cosplay becomes unattached from it. Equip three. Ak Hans Run, get the camera. He's adorable. Steffi, Bob's daughter. Next words. So, go... Okay, so you, you guys are in Lore Seeker. Um... Does it still have what was asked? Of, like, is that still there? What was asked of us, or just the? Uh... Uh, well, so the the art description mentions that it's a bear cub wearing a cute little zip up costume of a tarmogoyf. Yeah. So that so that much that much we knew, and so then yeah, I suggested uh, Ach Hans look. It's adorable, as the entirety of the thing, and then so you replied to that with riffing on of the Ach Hans run. Dot 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 and get the camera. He's adorable. To which Kathleen responded, A plus. Uh, and then eventually Ari sort of then properly codified it as the as a quote of Akhan's run, get the camera, he's he's adorable. And then asking for names and uh Mark, I think you suggested Steffi Bob's daughter. Yeah, so the the idea I wanted is I needed to sound as much like Safi Eric's daughter as possible. Um, so Steffi, I like Steffi and so- Steffi seemed more modern, but it was as close to Safi as we could get, but being a modern name. And then obviously the joke is, um, Eric's daughter means she's the daughter of Eric. That That's what Eric's daughter means. So I, I was just trying to get the, what's the one syllable funniest name I could get that plays this, but like obviously play against type. So I wanted to sound as not, you know, as, as not Scandinavian as I could. Uh, and Bob, Bob just seemed funny to me. So I think Bob's a funny name. Bob is a funny name. Um, a plus funny. Three out of three comedians agree. <laughs> so that yeah, so that's where Steffi Bob's daughter came from. Was just trying to riff off Safi Eric's daughter, uh, and then it's last words. So we were like, okay, next words. Like she didn't die or anything. So yeah, yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> just a tiny bear cub in a costume. Like. Yeah. Um, okay, so another example. Um, let's see. The uh, here's one where I think it was the reverse where I suggested something, but then you got the, the final version of it, was Petting Zookeeper. So oh, two yeah. and a green, uh, zero four, creature elf employee, reach. When Petting Zookeeper enters the battlefield, open an attraction. And then the flavor text says, calling it a petting zoo really saved on cages. So let's walk through this one, because I, I think this is a good example where the opposite happened, where I think I, I suggested an idea, but I didn't have the right execution of the idea. 
Yeah, so you suggested Myra knew the zoo didn't need cages, just some clever rebranding. And then I said, I'm, I replied to that one, like, I'm going to build off this one and suggest the, suggested calling it a petting zoo really saved on cages. Uh, and I put the quotes in the wrong place at one point, and you were like, <laughs> I think that's incorrect. And you're like, oh, yeah. or then I was like, yes, yes, I need to, need to correct that. But yeah, that was the same kind of thing where it's sort of like, here's the joke, but it's not quite there. And then, yeah. But it's a uh, surf set spike, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in volleyball, yeah. 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 I mean, I love the idea that Myra, Myra, like, it's very entertaining to me that Myra was trying to figure out how to save money all the time. And it's like, just, we can rebrand the zoo as a petting zoo. That way we don't have to buy cages if it was funny to me. But right, your, your execution of the joke was just a funnier execution and, and, and a shorter execution, too. I also, I, I, I quite like one of Kathleen's suggestions of, uh, attributed to Myra the Magnificent is anyone who thinks children like attractions that are safe and non-threatening has obviously never spent time with a child. <laughs> that wouldn't fit on the card. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's another one. Um, this is one, these are, Kathleen did both of these. Oh. Uh, how is this a par, how is this a par four? Yes, par three. Oh, yeah. So uh, real quickly, how is this a par three, two blue, blue, Enchantment, whenever you cast a spell, you may have target player mill X cards where X is the number of words in that spell's name against the infinite backdrop of space. It's an all-golf miniature. So this was an interesting one. It was a mill card. So we came up with the idea of showing a little windmill because it's a milling card, and we often show we show uh, windmills on milling cards because it's a milling card. And then I we said, well... I not mention that specifically yet, but it's, a, it's very clever. Uh, and then we're like, well, how do we get a mill at... How do we get a mill at a carnival? And then we're like, oh, we can have a miniature golf course. And so... But, but... Here's a miniature golf set in space and, you know, like, it was very, you know, it was very up in the air what it meant. And then our only rule was we needed, for mechanical reasons, to have six words. Because if you were building a deck with in a... 60 of, 4 of, we wanted future ones of them to be relevant, so we wanted it to be six words. So we said, okay, make this make sense, and it has to be six words long. So what were the, we had a lot of suggestions for this, I know. So many good suggestions. Yeah. Uh, one of my rejected ones, obviously, for length, was becoming absolutely demoralized by the windmill, uh, which I think is a good way of saying, ah, you've played against mill before. <laughs> I had, like, time to navigate the old mill, uh, the endless grind of the mill, my old nemesis, the windmill from Cameron. I like that oh, one. I liked yours, Kathleen. Time to put cards in yards. <laughs> I think it's a bit too, like... Yeah. Alternate wind condition, here I come. <laughs> Austin suggested Dr. Golfo's old mill putting challenge. <laughs> That's also good. Yeah, a lot of these, by the way, didn't remotely fit on the, ty- on, on the card type line. You know, on the, on the, <laughs> no, um that, that's a, something that people don't even realize, though, is um, depending how long your um, mana cost is, that, that's how much text you get. So this was two blue blue, so it's three symbols. So we wanted to get six words, but we had not a lot of space. So that, that was part of the challenge, is getting some short words for our six words. I like, um, I love uh, your flavor text on this, Kathleen. I do want to shout out to Cameron for the existence of mini golf implies the existence of macro golf. Philosophers believe we are all playing, and the universe will end with a hole in one. <laughs> I like when Cam gets to get existential with his flavor text. Yeah, yeah, that's another good example where that never was going to fit because we have two lines, and that is longer yeah. than two lines. Yeah. But it's it is very funny. Were there other other suggestions for flavor text? 
Um, it's hard to remember. It's like it, it was a while ago, so it's hard to remember what was what was some of the like the ones that we like really like, you know, struggled over. Oh, uh, that uh, done for the day. Oh, okay, that's good. Let, let, me, let me read done for the day. So done for the day is uh, two green. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, if you control an employee, a performer, or a robot, you may get ticket or create a treasure token. If you control all three, you may put a sticker on a non-land permit you own. Punchy was programmed to do two things, punch tickets and love punching tickets. So the premise for this card was I wanted to do a card mechanically that cared about a bunch of the creature types that are unique to this world. So employee and performer robot were all things that were people who worked there. So we saw this as a golden opportunity to go behind the scenes and see the, like, you know, in Disneyland, we everybody who goes to Disneyland sees the front of Disneyland, but obviously behind the scenes, you know, there's a whole, we, we wanted that little peek of, like, what's, like, behind the scenes. So um, the idea was that someone's clocking out, and because we have robots, like, why, and it's a comedy, like, why not make the, the punch-out clock itself have personality? Um, and we thought when we made the card that the, the woman, the person checking out, would be the focus. But make a silly robot, and the silly robot will steal the focus. Yes. <laughs> I like Ari's suggestion in all caps of feed punchy your time cards. The proof of your labor is delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. The other thing, um, we decided early on somebody, I'm not sure if it was Cam or Sean Baby, but somebody put all caps on the robot, like the robot was just screaming at you, and we found that funny. So in the set, all the robots talk in all caps. It's just how robots talk on the Astratorium. Yeah, I think I think Cam was slightly under the wire on Draconian Gatebot naming that one or uh, doing the flavor text on that one with all caps, but then everyone just everyone just ran with it. Oh, it, because it, it's great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we're all professional comedians, as I was or described as earlier, so we know something <laughs> funny and run with it, right? Because it's a it is a group effort, right? Yeah, a lot, a lot of times what happens is somebody suggests something, and then the team goes, "Yeah, that's it. We should be doing that," and then just that's what happened, like. Once we decided, everyone just started writing all, all the robots in all caps. It just became a thing we did. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was stated. I don't even know anyone ever said, oh, from now on, let's do this. We just all started doing it. Yeah. Well, same with this. Someone said Punchy, and then just everyone else named this robot Punchy. Well, it's a great name, so. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you had one suggestion for this card of uh, Punchy's actual job was cleaning break rooms, but he did so love the taste of time cards. <laughs> And I had suggested everyone's favorite story about Punchy was the time he accidentally got left on a shred. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the joke that to me was very funny was he didn't punch cards that wasn't his thing. Yeah. <laughs> they just, he liked to do it for personal reasons, but it wasn't his job. That, that, that tickled me to no end. Punchy's first directive was to devour time. <laughs> wow. That's a good one, Cam. Yeah, but like somebody named him Punchy, and then we just we all decided he was named Punchy, and then that's, that's that's what it was. So yeah, I think the first person who named him Punchy was Ari, because that's the first suggestion there. Okay, the second suggestion, or no, the first suggestion came from you. Punchy was the only one who knew every Astratorium employee. Okay, oh, did I? So that was so oh, that wow. was that. There you go. It's a good name for a punch robot. Well, I mean, it was, right, it was, I mean, it's not that hard to get there. I guess it's not like you know. I think originally, possibly in the world guide, I don't know. I think there had been a suggestion, a gentle suggestion to like not name the robot specifically. <laughs> but then I think it was, I think this, I think in this instance it was like, well, Mark's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we we did like um, 
assembled ensemble, which was like a whole, like originally it was just the triangle playing robot. Uh, and we called it like triangle bot or ding bot or something. We, we didn't like name. Like dingomatic or something. Yeah, dingomatic for a while. Hey, here, let's, let's go to that one real quickly. So, uh, so assembled ensemble, four and a white, artifact creature, clown robot bard, star six, vigilance, assembled ensemble's power is equal to the number of robots you control. Whenever you cast a spell with an artifact creature in its art, create a one, one white clown robot artifact creature token. Known for their hit single, your wait from this point is seven hours. So this is a good example. All of that got done during editing. None of that was submitted during any of this period. Yeah. Um, so, but, but, so here's the, the here's a funny story. So originally we were trying to focus on this triangle robot. When we did the world push, somebody made this giant robot that just played the triangle that we thought was the funniest thing in the world. So we asked the artist to draw it, but the artist said, well, he can't be alone. He's got to be part of a band. So it drew him as part of a band. Um, but when we were naming it, we were trying to name the big robot. So let's, let's go through some of the names of what the triangle playing robot's name was. So Austin suggested the idiophone, which is apparently the instrument classification for a triangle. It is. Uh, I suggested the bot that goes ding. Uh, Kathleen suggested dingomatic, which is the name that we settled on before editing. Yeah, yeah. That was the name we went into during editing. Uh, you had the triangulator. <laughs> Uh, Cameron had Percussitron. Sean had Ding Ding Six, <laughs> which I also quite like. Uh, and then, yeah, there was so many different flavor texts. Uh, uh, the triangle really ties the parade together. Uh, Kathleen, that was mine. Kathleen, with it really holds down the top end because it was like it's a it was like a five drop X six because it's like the top end of your curve. <laughs> yeah, it plays the high notes. Uh, Too clever. Mark, you had little known fact. Uh, Dingomatic was originally programmed to play the tambourine. Uh, its performances always resonate from Ari. Oh, mm, mm. My, my solo album is available in the lobby. <laughs> All right, and Cam just suggested ding. <laughs> so and then we settled on yeah. one from Ari with. Uh, 1,267,594 blorb alloy gears, 876 meters of iridium-plated wiring, one slightly used triangle. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, what happened was, so in editing, what this often happens is you get a, a fresh pair of eyes, uh, and Matt Tabak was our editor, and one of the things we realized was the way the art was done, there's a light source that's right by the triangle, so it's, you're, uh, you somehow don't quite make out as a triangle, you have to really look to realize he's playing a triangle, and so what we realized is we needed to sort of name the whole band, like just trying to name it after one. It, was, it wasn't working. And so then we came up with a new name to say, well, OK, it's a whole band of, of performer of performing, you know, robots. Uh, so that, that and then the name, the flavor text we originally had a played up the, the triangle robot and not the whole. So we had to redo it. So, so we everything got done during editing. And, and that was me and Ari. And Matt, we would like we would do like little mini pushes of flavor text and come back and look at them and pick our favorite from them. So um, the other thing I want to bring up real quickly before we, we have to wrap up soon is I took great care. Uh, I did some research on how robots got named in pop culture, and I made a whole document of like Tron, Bot, uh, th a number usually ending in thousand. You know, I, and I made a list of all the different ways robots got named. Uh, and then I made sure when we were naming them that we used all the all the different tropes so that we never we didn't have one trope for robot naming. We used all the tropes for robot naming. Oh, so cool. 
If you actually look through it, there's like all the different, think of any famous robot you can think of. We, we use all the robot naming tropes on the robots. So I was very yeah, proud of that. There's like, there's Doodle, there's Celebrate Thousand, uh, you know, the, the whatever bot. Yeah, there's Juggletron. I can't believe it took us so long to, to land on taking Mime Bomb. Well, we actually had a different name, uh, and somebody internally were like, they'd say, can we not use that name? And so we changed it. What was the f- first name? Uh, it might have been Payback Mime. No, it wasn't Payback uh, Mime. Well, pay- I don't think it was Payback Mime. Although that's that's the only other one that's flagged. Yeah, there's uh, something there's we, like... we tagged it, and somebody internally said, I forget what it was. It just, it just like, they could, could we ch- ch- make this something slightly different? And so maybe it was Payback Mime? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, we, we ch- had to change it, so we changed it to Tick. But I think Ticking Mime Bomb was one of the one of the suggestions on the thing. Yeah. I, I think we used it. So anyway, guys, I'm as I can see my desk from here, I'm almost to work. Uh, any last thoughts of uh, what was like working uh, on Infinity? It was so cool. Yeah. It was like, you know, I said this before, it was like, you know, I, uh, uh, like basically my wildest dream is to get asked to, to help work on a comedy magic card and name and put flavor text and, and, and contribute to that world in a small way, you know, like I thought it was, it was, it was great. And it was very cool working with uh, everybody else and like, you know, learning how to do that and doing the collaborative writing process. And it was an honor to be involved. It was great. Yeah. It was a tremendously fun writing challenge to have to do all the stuff that magic card names and flavor text normally have to do, but to also, you know, try to make it funny, but back, uh, but backwards and in heels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, yeah. Writing comedy is like harder than one might think because you know it's it's got to be funny to everyone. It's it's got to you know there's certain things you got to do with comedy and stuff like that. You got to get your punctuation specific. You, I yeah. mean, a story that Mark told in the chat that we had at the pre release was the, the draconian gate bot. The flavor text had to be shrunk to fit the space. And so it had to be changed from you have 15 seconds to comply to you have 10 seconds to comply. And then they had to have a real conversation about, is this now not as funny? Now that it's 10 and not 15, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, that's the kind of comedy, that's writing comedy. It's like, no, it has to be very specific. Yeah. I love yeah, it. What? Yeah, right. I had a teacher, um, I mean, obviously my my background before being a game designer was writing comedy, and I had a, a class in comedy writing once, and the teacher said something that was really, really always stuck with me, which is, um, tragedy is pretty universal, that, like, watching someone you love die, you know, the, the, a character that you love on screen die, hey, that's pretty sad, you know, it's not, it, everybody will, will get sad at, oh, they have emotional to the creature and they die, but that comedy is not nearly as universal like what people find funny really changes from person to person and that mm-hmm. you know i mean there's plenty of challenges to writing uh drama it's not like drama isn't also hard to write but it's it's the challenge that comedy has that drama doesn't have is that drama is a lot more universal in what people think in certain ways where comedy is so much more people's taste and like you know like I, for example when i wrote the name from ambassador blurpy blurpoop I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And the rest of the design team didn't like it. They thought it wasn't funny. And 
I'm like, no, 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 this is funny. Like, I, I was just like, I don't care what you say, this is funny. And I remember going to Ari, I felt like I had to defend it. And Ari was like, oh, no, that's hilarious. Why wouldn't we use that? And so I knew that Ari and I were, you know, like, like it, it was just very funny to me that, like, you know, things that one person might find funny, other people are like, well, I don't find it funny, you know, and there's a lot of that in comedy, so. Awesome. But anyway, I want to thank you guys for being with me. Uh, we, we, this was an extra long one, so it's like when I, sometimes when I would drive to work and I have traffic. So we, we had comedy traffic, so it slowed me down. Perfect. But, but <laughs> thanks so much for being with me, guys. Thank you so much for having us. It was lovely to talk to you again, Mark. Yeah. Okay, and guys, since I can see my desk, we all know what that means. It means this is my end to drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.